You know what they call uh, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? What do they call it? They call it uh, a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. You what? I will talk. You will talk. Well, I hope the idea is that we're both going to contribute to the show. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. But we don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves. No, and if either of us needs a week off, I'd like to, you know, create the space where I don't want to not put on an episode of the show, but maybe one of us could be here and really half-ass it. Yeah. And still ask questions, but then just leave silence. Yeah, exactly. No follow-up. No. No. I'm not here to stimulate conversation. I'm just here to get my get my shit in and then not participate and leave. No, this isn't about friendship or or anything like that. We should get one of those. um, Have you seen those like mannequin dummies that people put in the front seat so they can drive the HOV lane? Yes, I definitely have. (laughs) We could do that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. High occupancy podcast. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Welcome back to Battle Royale with Cheese, friends. Hello and welcome. We are Vancouver's favorite. I hope. Me too. Food podcast. Why are we doing this? Exactly. Favorite (laughs) restaurant review podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian. And with me as always is Jill. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Brian. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. It's 2023. It is. We're on day two of Mm -hmm. the new year. Mm -hmm. And so far. Not to date ourselves. Well, too bad. By the time this comes out, you know, we're Um, so passe. Yeah, so far it's a good year. Well, it was up until you made me self-conscious about time stamping the episode. No, I'm so sorry. Yeah, All right, let's move route. home. We can pick this up. Let's pick up the energy, okay? <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, everyone, for supporting us through our first year of episodes last year. It meant the world to us. Jill, any any fond thanks or wishes that you want to say to our lovely listeners? Um... You're First one that jumped to, to mind is I just want to thank Han again uh, for giving me that pho tip. It's still soup season, baby. And uh, I'm never going to give that up again. You changed my life. So that was the first one that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thank you goes to Vancouver for having such amazing food and mostly amiable weather that allows you to get to restaurants. But, you know, sometimes we have some hiccups, but that's fine. That's okay. Well, we can quickly talk about that when we get to tonight's subject matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also wanted to say thanks to everyone. Uh, It's been really, really fun getting this podcast off the ground. Look forward to doing more really fun things together in 2023 with you, Jill. You're a great partner, and I'm so happy we decided to do this. Bless you, Brian. Any anything that comes to mind for you that you want to top up or or shout out? Thank yous from for the first. I just we were just talking about this is our 14th episode. Yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, Uh, I. I remember when I posted that video of me dancing from Superflux and yes. you you were singing uh the, the cardigans is that what why do birds suddenly appear? Yeah, yes. why do birds suddenly appear? And when the Ann and She account posted and said we love this and then they put in their own lyrics of just like me we long to be close to Ann and She. <laughs> Something about that made me feel like I never expected this much attention from a notable Vancouver restaurant on my own Instagram. We're already making music together with some of the best restaurants That's right. In the it's world. all jazz, baby. Mm-hmm. It's all jazz. Uh, if you haven't already and you like the show, please leave us a rating review on your podcasting feed of choice. I'm guessing for most of you, that's Apple Podcasts, but don't forget about Spotify. I was actually, people. I've, every time I send a link, people are like, oh, Apple podcasts. Am I lame? No. Well, here's a question. I don't, uh, maybe I'm lame too, because I listen to my podcasts on Apple podcasts too. I mean, you did use Apple maps. 
That was only for one. <laughs> that was because my car, Apple CarPlay. Oh, I know. My shame. <laughs> my shame aside, why Why you got to bring up my shame, Jill? So We're on sorry. day two of the new year. I already kiboshed everything for That's you. That's okay. But uh, yeah, maybe people are more into Spotify podcasting than I thought. I honestly just forgot that Spotify has podcasts. Yeah. Well, we're there. So you can, you know, you can spot us on the iffy. I. Oh, wow. You almost got there. (laughs) Yeah, I got to pack this up. Got to do better. You know, it's okay to start the year at the bottom. It is. Yeah, you can only go up from there. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm trying out all my worst bits. Do you think it's because we switched to non-alcoholic beer? We're trying to do clean living. That's true. That's true. Uh, That that sparkle. It just isn't there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so quickly, let's say uh, we are both doing... Sober January. Mm-hmm. As Both part- kinds of sober. Yes, exactly. Not just Vancouver sober. We're actually, you know, cutting off all sorts of imbibing, including, uh, you know, sometimes we, we have some performance enhancing substances, yes. as we've mentioned before. Human growth hormone, yes. which we talk about all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, our cycle is over. Yeah. And now we're ready to cycle off of it and get back down to our natural resting weight. Yeah. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, who's to say? Uh, maybe for, uh, February we'll just microdose shrooms every episode mm. we'll see where we can take this that highs and be, lows that could be the the energy of the show would be off the charts good i think i think we would really connect to the food in a different way i think we would and i know we like we were for instance we were just talking about pears and how pears were such a big part of our meal at elephant that's true but imagine really connecting with the idea of a pear i think we'd just be naming colors and shapes in the room <laughs> sounds great what could be entertaining i i mean i think definitely not for anybody listening but for us it would be entertaining well definitely i, I mean i think much like any kind of high it's like the thoughts you have while high are really just interesting to you and no one else yes that's, and that's okay true. but we are doing sober january so be so so be janobi <laughs> i actually really like that you seem very disappointed but i like so be janobi you even like though janobi is certainly not the name of the month but i really did love it it's not it just sort of came out. Mm-hmm. Sobe Janobi. Uh, so we're having non-alcoholic beers tonight, which mm-hmm. is nice. But do you have any other? I mean, this is a bit hack to ask, I guess. But any 2023 resolutions, Jill? Um, I hate to do that because it, I always drinks myself. But I am actually really good at achieving goals I set out for myself. I'm extremely stubborn. Um, but one sort of resolution-y one that I have is to be more present. And that is specifically as it pertains to my phone and not in this the way that most people think like oh be present in the room put down your phone I actually am very good at not looking at my phone as you may know about me it takes me you know anywhere from an hour to two days to respond to a text I don't know what you're talking about so I my plan like a few years ago I tried to do that and like oh well I just won't read the message until I have time to respond to it and that leaves me with the I right now if you look at my phone it probably has like 89 notifications on message I'm not even kidding (laughs) my skin is crawling yeah and it's so it's just like I just need to figure this out Okay. <laughs> so I hey, think whatever works for you. And also, I don't the, know yet. That's also, what my journey is this there, year. I think there is something to being a little inaccessible. Yeah. Not that I know. It's not like you're trying to do that. No, you're not, I'm not you're trying not to cultivate, be a jerk. You're not trying to cultivate an air of like mystery or you're, you're not getting off on being withholding. No, no, I'm not Lucille. No. Um, but it's just like. I will say I think it's easier to go this way. Like I'd rather I'm glad that this is my problem versus not being able to put my phone down. Yes. So you're, you're saying you so need I guess to- I am getting off a little bit on it. That, that was pretty preachy and high and mighty. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I can no, barely hear right. you from up here on my high horse. No, well, you look good up there. <laughs> I can barely see you. You're I sure of- my shirt's off, Ala Putin. Oof. <laughs> I have a Powerful. good brown belt. Yeah, your pecs. Yeah. Impressive. Thank you. Um... <laughs> 
But what I was going to say is it's nice that like you're saying, like you have to go the other way and just be like, okay, maybe, maybe it's more about like, I can respond to my friend's texts and then still just put my phone back down. Yeah. I can also like, I think it's okay to just have like a few word answers. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself to like respond with a novel yeah, I know. and a lot of follow-up questions. And so I'm like, Oh, well that's overwhelming. I don't have time to write a 500 word essay right now. So I'll just do this later, which then becomes never. Yes. So. I, I agree. The it's the pressure you put on yourself as a writer and a creator yes. where you don't want to let anybody down and the world is a stage and you're built to perform. <laughs> Something like that. Right. Uh, what about you, Brian? Uh, my new year's resolutions. Uh, I don't usually do them because yeah. I feel like I, I'm definitely the kind of person that's like, I'll set a goal for myself. And then if I don't stick to some like unreasonable schedule that I need to get going on this, then I'll just kind of abandon it as a matter of course and be like, ah, whatever. I mm-hmm. didn't really want to do that anyway or whatever. But, uh, I think my private new year's resolution for the podcast is a live show. Oh yeah. I'm down for that. I think that's the resolution I really want to make. And you know, it doesn't have to be early in the year. Mm -hmm. It can be later in the year. Also, we're only on episode 14. That's true. We've got some community to build. Mm -hmm. That's why I said to everyone at the top of the show, follow us on social media, rate, review, subscribe, all those kinds of stuff. Please, please, please help us make Brian's dreams come true. Yes. But that's my resolution. I think it's 2023 live show for battle Royale with cheese. I was going to follow up by asking, do you have any food related resolutions? Mm. But, uh, that's tangentially food related and that we pot about food. That's true. Um, 2023 food resolutions. I would say I have one that just came to me. If you want, go for it. Yeah. Give me a minute. Uh, I'm going to not be scared to cook meat. I love that for you. I'm going to cook a type of meat a month. <laughs> okay. Which is sounds very lame and boring and like I'm I can't really wait for like your ham month. Yeah. <laughs> Just a smack of ham in the in the month, right in the middle, in the Ides of March maybe. <laughs> mm. I don't know where that came from. I think it's cuz middle of month. Is yeah. it even in the middle? It is. It's uh, March 15th. You're supposed to be aware of them. Uh famously. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and I might even cook beef. I don't think I've ever cooked beef in my life. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Well, we well, like, I don't think it counts to do like a stew or something when you're just like uh, pulverizing the meat after hours of tenderizing. I know what you like, mean. Like, like an actual, like it's going to be, maybe it's actual, like for those of you at home that don't know, I have just a toaster oven night, but like I use that, like I use the oven function yeah, more than you anything. Have cooked, and uh, let me say you've cooked some really nice meals yeah. that I've eaten out of that toaster oven. And like, it's just a little oven. It's just, it's just a little guy, but I can, I can feed up to four people. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, I guess that's mine. Anyway, did I vamp long enough? Did you, you did. Did you, you did. think of any of uh, food resolutions that you have? Yes. My 2023 food resolution is I'm going to find a very strict diet that I have to follow. That's going to ruin this podcast. Amazing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. The wild rose diet. Yes. Is that a thing? Uh, there was the cleanse. Yes. That's, the wild that's rose what, I'm, what I'm thinking of. Which yeah. is just like you put a few droplets of like rose oil in water and like, then sounds, shit your brains out for Yeah, it sounds revolting. I don't even like rosewater flavored cocktails yeah. if they're getting me drunk. Never mind if it's just hydrating me. I mean, yeah. to be fair, if you've done the wild rose cleanse, uh, write into us. Let us know how terrible it is and the condition of your beehole afterwards. Yeah, I bet it was a real ring of fire. I bet it was. Uh, in terms of other recommendations, I would say no, other than I'm, I'm just excited to keep trying more new food all the time. And I like to push my boundaries 
with food. Mm-hmm. I think we did that at our most recent meal. We did. And I'm excited to talk about it. Shall we get to Elephant? I think we should. That was a pretty good transition. Thank you very much. So as our Christmas gift to each other, mm. which was a fabulous idea on Jill's part, we decided to end the year with a great, great restaurant that's on the Vancouver Michelin Guide, mm-hmm. though not a star recipient yet. Yet. Elephant. And you had been once before. How was Elephant brought to you on your radar and what was your first experience like? Uh, I first heard about Elephant through word of mouth. Oh, it was at book club in August. Um, and Kieran, friend of the show, who uh, came to the Delara feast with us as okay, well. Okay, yes. Um, but anyway, in the summer, I think it was our August book club, we were trying to find... At Community. Yeah. We right. were trying to move, uh, surprisingly not on the Michelin Guide. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> More on that later. Or never. Um, so, Kieran, uh, huge fan of uh, Kieran's recommendations across the board, food or not. Um, mm-hmm. But when, but Kieran knows good eats. Um, I think we tried to make a rezzo for five, and she called, and they basically laughed at us because I think there's only like five, <laughs> five seats in that 18, whole place. Eighteen total, but yes. <laughs> um, which is actually part of the charm, which I think we'll we'll completely we'll get but- to. Um, and so I, f- she had said mentioned that, and then I think like. Five days later, I was looking for a good date spot with Georgia, and then I was on Creeping Talk, as I uh, do. I'm wont to do probably like every other day at least. Um, and it came up, and there was somehow a miracle reservation for 8 p.m. on a Friday. I'm like, well, that's date night. So Boom. we went, and... Um, my th- like it started off so amazing right out of the gate when we first walked in on that night we were like one minute early for our reservation I think the reso was for eight and we got there like 7.59 so I like sheepishly went in I'm like hey I'm sorry we're like a- we're a bit early for the reso she's like oh no problem you guys should probably uh, drink some wine while you're waiting so while Love we were standing that. at the door they just handed us wine I'm like well this is fantastic wow. um, but yeah so that's how I found out about it and I had an amazing night with Georgia um, which is then uh, led me to suggest it for our year-end feast because it's uh, omakase. It's a little bit celebratory in mm-hmm, nature. Mm-hmm. We just both really wanted to go off on like a really, really good, nice note. Absolutely. So I'll read the little bit of a bio that Elephant has on talk. At Elephant, we practice regenerative dining, which involves a holistic farm-to-table approach by working closely with farmers and seasonal produce. We offer a unique omakase experience, which takes place over five courses and changes weekly to reflect the seasonality and fecundity of our local farms. Love that they threw in fecundity. I know. Our beverage program is wine-focused with a list that features regeneratively farmed organic producers, small family domains, and natural wines. Please note we are a small space and cannot accommodate groups of more than four. (laughs) for dinner reservations. Um, So just to go back to, uh, I think, what was it, the opening there? Sorry, can you go to the top? Fecundity. Uh, Fecundity, fecundity, fecundity. Um, Oh, maybe they didn't mention it. Um, Something that I really, really uh, enjoy about this place, I think it's maybe in their bio on their Instagram, but they refer to themselves as produce forward. Oh, I love that. Um, and they are. And they are. So what, like just to unpack that a little bit. And I think a good example of that can be seen in one of the dishes that we had, the soup. Um, it was a, a vegetable based soup, but there was, um, the oil that they just drizzled on top had, I think it's a pork cheek reduction. Yes. It was so infused. Yeah. Infused with pork cheek. Right. Yes. So they use, 
um, a lot of like unique parts of different animals, which I think you'll talk to uh, pretty quickly here. But I just love that they still let the vegetables shine through. Absolutely. And when I was doing some research for this episode, I was reading about the head chef uh, who has a very, very, I didn't realize had such an impressive track record in Vancouver uh, around his name is Justin L or he goes by Justin L. I think his actual name is Justin Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started following him on Instagram. Nice. But he is that ha- a long career. He's sweet little babe. He is young. Yeah. But, uh, one second I have, sorry, I have, uh, <laughs> I have an interview here, uh, that I wanted to shout out here where, uh, his last job was at Mian Chow at the Shangri-La, which I think is gone now and has been replaced by Carlino's, but he was also at Crowbar. Uh, Crowbar. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I never really got to eat much there, but I always heard they had like a real, I, like I didn't even know they had food. Oh yeah. I, the old, the only reason I'm laughing is because you had an old coworker who <laughs> didn't they stubbornly refer to it as Crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a quick aside. I once worked with someone and I was just making small talk with them and she said, I was like, what did you get up to last? night and she said oh i went out for dinner at uh this place on uh near fraser called crowbar and i was like racking my brain like crowd oh you mean crowbar and so then she was like oh yeah well however you say it oh what? as though crowbar <laughs> isn't a word like crowbar is a word many people like i'll grant you the tool doesn't come up in everyday living all that often but everyone knows crowbar and you've also you know seen a crow before yes and you know the word bar a crowd together a classic crowd i mean it's very possible that she just misspoke and i've held on to this from the complete wrong with the complete wrong energy but i really don't think so the the thing that always stuck with me wasn't like a oh i misspoke it's well however you say it Oh, I always thought it was as though it was, I remember it as like her, like digging her heels and it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's crowd bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So he, so Justin, Justin L. Justin L. On, has been okay. at a, a notable chef in Vancouver for a long time, loves to use produce forward and fresh ingredients, which is uh, great. But he, in a lot of the interviews, he talked about how he's really committed. And maybe this kind of ladders up to the regenerative dining approach of working with local farmers and not just requesting like, oh, what's your best crop? right now what's in season because he says of course he wants that but every chef wants that he also wants to take the stuff that they can't move that stuff they're having difficulty selling or that nobody wants so that's where you see some of the ingredients that he uses in the in like for example in our course like it was very turnip forward yam chicory rutabaga like these are not kohlrabi kohlrabi almost as fun to say as fecundity yes kohlrabi (laughs) fecundity that was the name of my prog rock band in (laughs) high school but the, the the like kohlrabi i think i i think i i once for a year was getting one of those csa boxes of mm-hmm. fresh produce and i got the first time i got kohlrabi i was like what the hell is what this? is this <laughs> and my partner lauren who is a, uh, chef. is a chef was like well that's kohlrabi obviously you yeah, fool you idiot yes but uh jill ever cooked kohlrabi before no it was so, mm. it's so foreign and away far far away from my vernacular that all i thought about since then including when you just said it now i think of simba's mom in the lion king and when scar saying uh like says her name and like screams it it sounds like kohlrabi i can't think of what her name actually is but for oh. about 20 times i've heard kohlrabi in my head <laughs> I like i'll it. figure out what her name is yeah but it's something very it ends in obby <laughs> yes okay well we all know uh well there was simba yes and then nala yes but that was the other young 
lioness. The love interest. The love interest. And then, of course, there's Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the cast, I guess there's Timon and Pumbaa, though they're not lions. It's the only time her name is mentioned and it is screamed by Scar. And it is when there's a famine because, you know, he's not uh, a just Yes, leader. he's overhunting. He, he, he overhunted. Yes. Anyway, Kohlrabi. Yeah. Don't know don't anything care. about it. Also, <laughs> don't know Simba's mom's name. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Here we are. <laughs> We're all big Scar heads. Scar was right. <laughs> Hashtag Scar was right. Scar yeah. did nothing wrong. Yeah. Scar innocent. That will certainly be the hill that we die on in 2020. Exactly. Well, you can't listen to Jeremy Irons' voice and think that guy did anything wrong ever. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's but going back to Kohlrabi yes. and the fact that Justin L. likes to go for the undiscovered gems. Yes. Or the less desirable. The less desirable. Um... That's twofold impressive to me because one, obviously that is like, you're going to reduce your carbon footprint. You're like overall of the restaurant industry. You're going things that would otherwise be thrown away or cast aside. Mm-hmm, but that. I love that he's opened a restaurant under the concept of every night is a food challenge on Top Chef. Like take the yes. weirdest thing and make it amazing. Yes. And uh, the fact that they're wrote, I mean, I'm sure of course there are like, for instance, we were looking at. Uh, an earlier dish that was chicory based and we had a chicory based dish, but it was very different. So maybe there are certain things that he loves to repurpose and things like that too. But either way, like you're to, to just reinvent the menu every week anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That in itself is like a third thing. That's crazy. Completely. Completely. And to top it all off. So I, I mean, elephant has been around for about a year. They opened up, I think right at the end of 2021, but they are, uh, Owned by Miki Ellis and Stephen Whiteside, who are also behind Dachi and were and Hanai and were previously involved with Ugly Dumpling. And then Justin Lee, who actually They're apparently East fan, East fan Kings and Queens. Yes. Uh, Justin L. apparently also worked at Superflex. Well, well, there you go. I'm wearing a Superflex toque right now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but what was I going to say? Uh, in addition to the omakase like style it's very much i would say this is the closest to haute cuisine that we've had so far on the podcast in terms of like a fine dining experience yeah like it's it's small plates five course omakase with a bonus dessert we also went with the a la carte add-on which we'll get to in a bit yeah but in general it's like small tasting menu uh they have a psalm named kelsey jones who's behind all of their wine selections and pairings we did try a number of their wines that were meant to be paired with some of the dishes Mm -hmm. that was also really lovely the fact that you're getting all of this for $68 a head is insane. Insane. And insane it's value. The perfect blend of like we, we mentioned already, it's only an 18 seat restaurant. Yes. And it's the same. It was the same three people that was that were working when George and I were there. But it's the two servers, essentially, and Justin L. But they had run tight, such a tight ship, like even Justin and dropped off and explained some of these ingre- ingredients yep. to us. And it's just, it's fine dining, but it's so cozy and casual at the same time. It's like the absolute best blend of both worlds. I completely agree. It wasn't stuffy at all. I mean, it was kind of, I jokingly said like, this is like a Fraser restaurant, like, like a restaurant it. that Fraser would go to, <laughs> it but it's is. not really because I mean, I'm doing a Fraser re- rewatch, mm-hmm. but Frasier really loves to go for like very haute cuisine, white tablecloth, classic French dining, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But follow my train of thought. If Frasier existed in the year 2023, he would be a food hipster like us. He yes. wouldn't go to the haute cuisine places. He would look for the what's new and exciting and things like that. And this restaurant is more in that this sort of 
what I call a speculative Frasier space. Yes. <laughs> where I can imagine a modern Frasier going to and enjoying a restaurant like this. Yes. That is, like you say, very inventive, very veggie forward, produce forward, inspired by regenerative farming, unique natural wines. Absolutely. All this kind of And small, small staff. The chef behind the counter bringing you out the food himself. Yeah. We sat at the bar, which was heavenly. Yeah. It's also like a walk from my house. I love being able to go down the street and be there. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think, do you think Frazier would want to be a regular there? Oh, I don't know. I, I guess that's, so. I guess that's more um, Cheers, Cer- Eric Niles, Kel- certainly. Cheers, Eric Kelsey Grammer, and that he wants to go somewhere where everybody knows his name. <laughs> that's true. That's uh, true. Do you think twenty is in this speculative Fraser space? Yes, as okay. you refer to it, the Fraser Cinematic Universe yeah, in my brain. Yes, the Fraser Sphere. Um, is it is it still Kelsey Grammer? Ooh, who would be appropriate? Who would even be appropriate to be at like a more modern Fraser? Who's this sort of like urbane? like well-respected comedian like that. I don't know. I mean, apparently Kelsey Grammer's a legendary a-hole, so I'm trying yeah, to not, he's I'm trying been to separate canceled several times. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to separate that from the, the character he was asked to Man. portray. I, uh, I'm really lobbing a lot of unanswerable questions. You know, what is Simba's mom's name? You know what? Name? Let's put what that is, out to the audience. Yeah. Who would, who's 2023 Fraser? Yeah. Tell us, tell us who, if who, you're, who if you're fan are, ca- casting, could be, could be, um, Female could be non-binary. I completely agree. Yeah. We need to open up. Frasier can be any gender. Yeah. Any sexuality. Frasier is a state of mind. Sell me on Frasier as the leader of an NB polycule. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's already sold yourself. But the thing is, he's too prickly, too, too, too proud, Mm -hmm. too stuffy. Like, I I think he, I don't think he could handle uh, a polyamorous relationship. No, no, he could not. No, no. Okay. Well, let's get back to the restaurant and we'll come back to this on a different episode. Let's briefly abandon our, uh, Frasier fan casting for 2023. (laughs) By the way, did you know that there's going to be a revival? Like they, isn't that gross? It's very gross, but it's unsurprising. They've they've done the revivals of every single '90s sitcom, every inter- intellectual property. Yeah, and now there's going to be a Frasier. But do you know what the premise is? It's hiliariously that Frasier becomes even richer. How how is that even? How, so, how would that advance the plot? He's already completely. He's I, also, he's a radio host that lives like in a penthouse in Seattle. Completely. Like I just don't understand. No, it's it's so wild because it's not like Frasier struggling for money was ever a plot in the first place. I just don't understand how that's the plot. I I anyway. I, I don't know. Anyway, well, you know what? Fra- let's let's retire the Frasier talk. Okay, yes, let's move let's please. move on. Let's let's go back to the elephant talk. So. For Elephant, I also wanted to ask before we get into our meal, was there anything that really stood out to you from your first experience there, meal-wise, drink-wise, although they only have one cocktail? Um, I already gave the shout-out to the amazing, hospitable, uh, warm welcome that we got with the free wine. that's amazing. Um, Yes, I think my favorite thing that we had, it it was the curry, and it was like a red curry with a whole, like a whole bunch of amazing vegetables in it, like a medley. So there was like tubers and stuff like we have now with like these seasonal things like yams, turnips, I believe also cauliflower, carrots, the curry had been, it had been, um, I think it was sweetbreads that he used, which is like talk about like a very underused part of the animal. Yeah. Did they advertise that too? 
or was it was that kind of the thing of like he explained it when it came out but he it wasn't explained the, it when it came out uh, i don't like i'm i were you just mentioning that he may be like oh it was in the burger that they yes. said they don't advertise it because they don't want to freak people out which i think is brilliant i think so like, too so many food won'ts are just complete mental blocks completely completely and like as someone who has overcome many of them and that i used to just eat buttered noodles <laughs> um like just let people, you know, roofie you with delicious flavor. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. You don't need to have a full understanding of everything yeah. you're putting in your body. No. Let leave it with up to the regard experts. to food. <laughs> well, good point. Yeah, I shouldn't maybe say that with too broad a brush. Okay, so that that's great to know. So let's get into our elephant experience. So this fancy, lovely way for us to send off the year that was 2020, our love letter to the city of Vancouver, our love letter to ourselves. Yes. Eating at elephant. So we sit down first things first, we order a Negroni. Of course. Beautiful. The only cocktail on the menu, we had to try it there. You had told me before that it was, or you had had it last time, right? Yes. I had of many course, there naturally. and I had many last time as well. What did you think of their Negroni? It's amazing. Yeah. I, I think rock they just solid. use classic ingredients. None of this top soda business. No. I also really appreciate a batch Negroni. They had them pre-made in these tiny little glass bottles that they had chilling in their cocktail fridge underneath. That's right. I love the fact that they can just pour that on ice and then they don't have to serve it a hundred times minimum, like uh, some sort of uh, possessed, no. also freak like me. But that's not, uh, it's not freaky. That's the right way to do it. I mean, I think so, but uh, both can be true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so then we had the lovely uh, Negroni to start, and then we were starting our omakase course, which mm-hmm. included... Well, we'll get to this in order as best we can here. But on the a la carte menu, it was listed as cloudy turnip soup with aged pork, which you already kind of talked about as the aged pork infusion. Mm -hmm. The apple and chicories with one second here. Nam Jim peanut and tofu. The kohlrabi carbonara with pecorino pork, black pepper and egg yolk. Mm. And the squash curry uh, with turmeric, lemongrass, chili, preserved prawn and rice. On top of that, we were also given a rutabaga and peanut salad, which I'm showing you the picture of oh, here. Yes. was spicy, delicious, mm. absolutely incredible. And then this yam in sort of this, I mean, we're going to post the video clips of this, but the food really like it's, it's a definitely an eat with your eyes situation. Yes. Like the presentation is a big, big part of it, but it's also so interesting because like this little yam bit it's like comes on a bed of like it's almost like a puree but it's not yeah and it's not it's way too thick it, to be a like a, a a base a booyah base or a sorry like a, a soup base or something like yeah that, it's not you know? quite a broth not quite like thick enough to be a dip but somewhere in between texturally yeah but very interesting the cloudy term soup of course the apple and chicory looks great kohlrabi carbonara which was uh so delicious when uh george and i went there was the, he did a broccoli carbonara delicious yeah love that and then the squash which was i mean for me like we really hit the hit the jackpot with that and then we got the after 10 p.m burger the special burger which jill just alluded to uh, which we will tell you the secret ingredient of uh momentarily so hold on to your butts so jill with our small course omakase tasting menu mm-hmm. starting with I guess let's let's go with like between the rutabaga, the shall we call it a silken broth, whatever this yam, yam on cloud, sitting, yam on cloud, the cloud turnip broth. Mm-hmm. What were your first thoughts? What were your first experiences? Was your mind sufficiently blown right at the beginning? Um, yes. So I started with the turnip soup again. Like I already mentioned this, the little dollops of oil that they put on had so much flavor packed yes. into them. And again, I have issues with meat, hence my 
resolution of being having a more meat forward 2023. Um, but it just brings, but like, I do love the flavor of meat, but the idea of meat being muscles, which I think I've talked about before, grosses me out. Anyway, all of that to say very long windedly having a vegetable, uh, meal. It wasn't really a meal, a vegetable dish. Mm -hmm with the flavor of meat is like my, my, my like unicorns and rainbows. Like that's really? like a perfect thing for me. And like, especially as like an amuse bouche, like it sets the palate so well because of that flavor of the pork. Like mm-hmm. it really like hits all quadrants of your palate. I feel like I was going to say the same thing because the thing that I was really taken aback by between the turnip soup and the rutabaga especially was how savory they both were. Yeah. And like, obviously like, of course vegetables can be savory too, but they're savory in a way that is very meaty. Like yes. it's, it's like the level of umami that you typically get out of uh, meat. It's not just like, Oh fat, like animal fat. Yes, exactly. It's not just like the, Oh, we salt and peppered and roasted these Brussels sprouts, which is of course salty. Which is amazing. But yes. But not really the same level of like that kind of like deeper umami. Absolutely. Flavor. And I like, and we got the, the, the soup and the kohlrabi at the same time. That's didn't right. we? Uh, no, sorry. Not the kohlrabi, the rutabaga rutabaga. Yeah. And those were both savory, both amazing, but different. Very. And so complimentary. Like there's yes. a little bit of a kick. Definitely to the rutabaga. To the rutabaga. Yeah. And then the the uh, turnip soup, just like completely, Warm, it didn't wash delicious. it away, didn't need, the cake didn't need to be eviscerated or anything, but no. it just, they just like danced together, yes. honestly. It like, was like the best, most delicate version of like a potato and leek soup you could possibly imagine. Oh my God, No yeah. leeks, but like yeah. instead of potato and leek, it's turnip and pork. Jowl, oil. Pork oil. <laughs> uh but yeah, the rutabaga spicy salad with peanut. I I took a note here that uh, one of the best things I've like it was so surprising right away that I was it, I think it's one of the, the favorite things we've eaten so far on the show. It was so good, and the, like specifically the rutabaga spicy salad. I I I would they both get five chicken wings out of five for okay. me. Okay, um, but I would go. I slightly more enjoyed the experience of the soup. Love it. Okay based on what you just said, which is like, you weren't expecting it so much right away. If someone, it's like, it looks like an unseasoned white, like puree of mush. Like it looks like baby food almost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, That is, but like it, it has so much complexity. Milk. It looks like milk. That's, that's baby food. Right. Yes. Yes. Babies love milk. Yes, that's true. Um, so yeah, I was expecting it to taste like baby num num milk, milk. <laughs> if you give it to me, you're going to give it right back <laughs> Fair. In, the, in the most disgusting way I could oh, possibly think God. of. Um, but yeah, to your point that you, we were blown away right away. It's like, it completely comes out of your, like you weren't expecting anything. No. And these were the starter. Like these were the first courses. Yeah. I Just, think actually unexpected is the perfect way to describe the whole experience right down to the ingredients that I didn't even know. Like the burger ingredient, for example, like yeah. very unexpected. Yep. Completely agree. And then we also had that. I mean, again, I've got it as the sweet potato with cloudy broth. I don't think I now because it's I know. Broth. I don't know. What it well, was. the thing that I'm actually freaked out about is because we know we had the squash curry. Are we sure that that was sweet potato? I think it was. It was. He said it was yam. Oh, did he? Yeah. OK, got it. Yeah. So yam versus squash. Yes. I understand. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. That was also excellent. Um, it's, uh, there's nothing, no real notes that are jumping out in my brain as like 
No, I, it's a little I, fuzzy. He's a little fuzzy. We, we were inebriated. We did have, we actually, we went for a couple guzzes before. Yes. Uh, at Mom's the Word, which we'll really talk about later. But, Shout um, out to Mom's. So yeah, all that to say, it doesn't mean the food wasn't remarkable. I uh, maybe just lost uh, some of my That's okay. memory cells. Your critical point. faculties. Yes. That's totally fine. Do you want to talk about the kohlrabi carbonara? Uh, yeah, it was really good. I think I liked it better than the broccoli carbonara that I had had when I was with Georgia. But both of them, like when you think, when I think of carbonara, I think of extreme, heavy, mm-hmm. rich, mm-hmm. decadent. None of those being used in the pejorative sense, like all those. No, I mean, that's those, what carbonara is. Yeah. As um, millennial men, I've heard say a lot uh, that slaps. <laughs> yeah, that's fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for real, for real. For real. No cap on God. But isn't that Zoomer? That is Zoomer. It's true. Millennial is more like, oh, that's fire. I, that I, feel, I feel like that I've slaps. heard a lot of 35 to 40 year old men say that slaps in like yeah. the last two months. That bangs. That <laughs> gross. Yeah, that honks. <laughs> that honks is way better. Yeah. um i don't know what else to say about the carbonara like all those things like it it had all those flavors again but then being served on like vegetable yeah makes it so much it makes the dish moorish yeah in a way that i can't have like you know a trough of carbonara. Like it was something, it would be something that I would want to go splitsies on. Yes, definitely. Carbonara can be so indulgent. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about this too is, I mean, I, I also loved it. Five chicken wings out of five for me. I would also give five chicken wings out of five to the rutabaga. And I think let's say four and a half for the turnip soup and a four for the yams and the cloudy broth. Mm-hmm. But again, these are all positive scores above the mm-hmm. board. Nothing here is dropping below a three, obviously <laughs> the kohlrabi carbonara made me think of two things. Number one, that like you saying, you were think you think about carbonara in such a way, but carbonara, the sauce, like the, the way it comes together with like guanciale or some form of pork, egg yolk, uh, pepper and pecorino can be so good no matter what you're pairing it with. And like, mm-hmm. it almost works in spite of whatever you want the base to be. Yeah. And so I actually have a recipe in a cookbook for onion carbonara mm. and onion kohlrabi. Uh, obviously they they share some similarities in the vegetable family, the vegetable world. I completely trust you on this. I have no idea what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never seen, I'm just kidding. I've seen a kohlrabi because I've held it with my own two hands and, and been f- like, what are you? Uh, <laughs> as far as I know, kohlrabis taste like carbonara. So <laughs> that, that's right. They, in their natural habitat. Uh, actually kohlrabis inspired the carbonara dish. Isn't oh, that yes. fascinating? So anyway, this onion carbonara recipe kind of works in the same way, except instead of, like square pieces of kohlrabi, you just kind of shave circles of onion mm-hmm. and you kind of blanch them. And then that becomes sort of the noodle, sort of like the kohlrabi was done here. Mm-hmm. And I've always, always been interested in cooking that, but it seems so difficult. But now after having this, I'm inspired to try it. I yeah. really want to try making this to see if I can come anywhere even close to this kohlrabi carbonara. I would like to eat this thing that you make. Yeah. Well, let me do a test batch. Cause I don't know. If, I've never cooked in a dish where onion was the base for, uh, pasta sauce before, yeah. but I'm open to try. In theory, it sounds amazing, right? I mean, the kohlrabi one really knocked my socks off. Onions like my favorite food, Fr- fried onion. If I had a celebrity fragrance, it would be fried onions. <laughs> That's so elegant. I thought so. Okay. And then, uh, lastly, in terms of our omakase meal, we had the squash curry. Yes. Which was phenomenal. That gets Please like, talk about that it. gets 10 chicken wings out of five. Yeah. Like it was exactly what we needed to have in like, I guess that's the whole song. Yeah. Perfect follow up to all the other But like, I feel like it 
brought me back to life a little bit. Yeah. Like it had the perfect amount of heat. It was the perfect size. I love that they, we split the rice, but we each got our own little bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I can't, say anything more than 10 chicken wings. I know. And it's like, it's just, I completely agree. It totally knocked my socks off. It was like, I want to say like nourishing. Yeah. And with everything that that describes, like, yeah, it made me feel good. It brought me back to life. It was warm. It was delicious. Obviously the curry itself tasted so, so good. I could have eaten. I I mean, speaking of more, I probably could have like a gallon of that. Yeah. But it was absolutely phenomenal. And it makes me sad that, or not sad, but like it's an omakase menu. So when you go, dear listener, you probably won't get this squash curry, but maybe you'll, I'm excited to know what other exciting things that, that they're working on in yeah. that kitchen that Justin can be like, well, if you like the squash curry, let this blow I, your mind. I think there will always be a curry or at least there was like, it was pretty analogous menu oh, really? to, to the setting that I had when I went in August, um, set menu. And, um, but again, like still completely unique, even though it was very similar, like, right. Um, and they had, he had a curry then as well. That was a sweetbread thing I mentioned. Right. Um, but to have not vegetarian, of course, cause it had, um, fusion with, with meat, uh, fat in it, I believe, but uh, it's still a vegetable curry. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. The little green beans in there. Oh. Remember those boys? Oh, do I ever, Oh, I just, you'll be able to see the compartment the compartmentalized curry on our Instagram. We yeah. post the reel, but it, it was like, there were little pockets of little flavor boys yeah. in spread out through the curry, but they weren't all like mushed up together. No, they all was, had their own stunning. little presentation pockets. They were absolutely fabulous. Very, like the plating, just everything. It was just a beautiful experience. As you say, eat with your eyes, this, but this, like, yeah, this was a restorative curry. Like, yes. I wish I could have, like, you know, when, remember in the 90s and early 2000s when wheatgrass shots were a thing? Yes. I wish I could do curry shots of yeah. this. Just be like, ooh, yeah, ready to like, get through that 3 p.m. wall. Uh, or uh, <laughs> getting back to your other idea, microdosing. Yes, exactly. I wish I could microdose this curry. Yes. Every day. Like you say, like, it would be perfect in the afternoon at work. Yeah. Ugh, if only. Yeah. And then to top things off, as I said, we went for the 10 p.m. a la carte menu. Now, our a la carte options were oh, we didn't actually talk about the pear square. <laughs> oh, that was a dessert. But that came after our did that come after the burger? No, we had that. And then we had the burger and then we had the burger. OK, talk about the pear square. Um, want to look at the photo of it? Um, no, it, it won't help me. Um, <laughs> so when Brian and I were chatting right before we started recording, we were trying to figure out what this other dish was. And it was a pear square. Um, and then. Brian was like, did she even tell us what it was? And I'm like, I feel like we were both, we were like two wines in. At yeah. Least a couple cocktails. A couple, couple, couple cocktails before we showed up. Yeah. yeah. And then I feel like in my memory of that night, we were just smiling and nodding. And she was like, you know, in the, in the peanuts teacher, like, womp, 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 womp. Yeah. Her explaining this dish was just pear, 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 pear. Yes. (laughs) I don't know what what part of the pear or how it came to be. It was like a cold pear square, and it was great. It was a great reset on the palate for the 10 p.m. burger. Can I tell you something? In my photo gallery, it's after the burger, which makes me feel like we got the burger first. Oh. But anyway, let's talk about this while we're here. Yes. I completely agree. A really nice dessert, a great note to end on, kind of like a... I mean, a little square block of ice cream, basically. Yeah. It was so delicious. 
Yeah, very nice. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what other ingredients were in this that were kind of unusual because it was a definitely an interesting flavor. And I think it had, is that a little dollop of olive oil on top? It's, uh, it's pear oil. Oh, pear oil, of course. <laughs> uh, it pairs nicely with pear. <laughs> oh, all right, fine. Uh, okay, and then moving on to the star of the 10 p.m. Uh, a la carte hour, we we forsake, forsook the cabbage bolognese to try the burger, mm-hmm. which we had both seen on their Instagram. Yes. You had told me that after 10 p.m. they started doing cheeky little burgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to find this burger was not actually cheeky, more hearty than anything. Oh, yes. Well, well done. Bro. Why don't you, do you want to talk about it? Um, yeah. So it's a tiny little, I would say it's. It's not that little. It is. I mean, I guess so. Look at your little baby hands in this video. Exactly. Look how small my hands are, and it just looks like normal. So I'm going to say this is like, think of a slider and then go 30% bigger. Fair enough. Um, it's basically, so you look at it, it's very um, humble in appearance. Um, you have a small bun. What kind of bun would you say that is? I think it's just a potato just bun. Just a potato bun. But I'm not, I'm not totally certain. It looks, it doesn't look brioche to me. Um, or maybe it is. And so all that's on it is there's like a healthy dollop of mayo on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's onion jam of some kind. That was yes. my favorite part of the whole burger. Yes. Um, kohlrabi on the burger as well. It looks like it. Um, see that. As if I could know. <laughs> yeah, and then it's a very jam, generous beef portion. And so it looks kind of like a wide meatball that's been smushed yeah. it's like yeah it's thick yeah it's a thick thick boy yeah um and then you don't know this when you're about to bite into it and then you bite into it and it is extremely rare yes like it's rare and it's it kind of falls apart it has a crumble to it it does yeah so i'm not gonna lie it lost points for me there because it freaked me out a bit mm-hmm. um i think if i had known i maybe would have had been more mentally prepared fair um but I thought it was like, oh, wow, this is probably like Wagyu beef or something. It could easily could be Wagyu. But what we found out from research today is that it's actually beef heart. Yes. Talking about, like you were saying about like, oh, mental hurdles to trying new things. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm glad I got roofied with the beef heart because I don't know. I don't know that I would have ordered that. That's the second time I said that. And I, and I promise I'm going to hang that up. I'm going to put that in the rafters yeah, and probably, retire that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I never will. I probably would have not, I would have gotten the carbonara instead. Right. But, um, yeah, I was, and I'm also glad that I had like a little bravery, liquid bravery in me as well. I feel like my palate is less squeamish Mm -hmm. when I've, you know, been drinking for a couple hours. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I know. (laughs) One of the things that I thought about the burger and like, if I were to rate the burger out of our patented five chicken wing scale, I probably would have go like a four. Like, it's really good. It's very fancy. Like, it tastes like a fancy burger. The texture, the crumbliness, the especially the rareness. Knowing that it's a beef heart adds an interesting wrinkle, which is kind of exciting. And I think I think that's kind of cool. And I, he even said in an interview he likes to surprise people by being like, you don't even know you're getting beef heart. Yeah. You simple pleb. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't say that. I said that. That was just a little editorial note. But... As much as I like that, I did find that between the with the bacon onion jam, it was really sweet. Like it, it did end up like leaving quite a sweet note on my palate, mm-hmm. which of course is is good. And like I appreciated more than anything that they didn't feel the pressure to be like, oh, we just got to do our version of a smash burger because that's what's popular right now. Like they yeah. really went back to it was like so not a smash burger. No, not at all. They went back to like the burger can be a lot of different things. Yeah, it doesn't have to just be the. Thing it that's hot it right might now. actually be the antithesis to a smash. I think burger. you're probably right. 
It was high and thick and raw. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't ask my mom to listen to this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty confident that those are antithetical burgers, like the smash burger and the beef heart burg. <laughs> HTR over here. <laughs> well, I've already, uh, I think I've hit my podcast peak in 2023. <laughs> Never, haven't befuddled you so much. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, definitely recommend the Berg. If you're going, make space for the burger. Yes. Like, you deserve to try it. Yes. You deserve to try the beef heart. Don't be scared. It's really delicious. If you can handle a burger at all, you can handle this. And uh, Just I'll recommend inner. getting, if there's two of you, I would get one to split. Like Me I, too. I could have just had like bite for bite with on that. Like it is a little, little, little bit of a slop shot, but I recommend going uh, to elephant with someone that you love. Yeah. Like we did. Yeah. I would agree. If anything, we could have done that and then gotten the carbonara anyway, if we were still peckish, yeah. but we'll never know. Mm-hmm. And was there a third menu item or was there only the burger and the cabbage bolognese? Those are the two things. Cause I remember right. she's like there when at the beginning, when we sat down, she's like, there could be some secret things. And I was like, is it the burger? <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we asked again, and she's like, no, it was that's it. So right, like, okay, right, right. It, was, it is the burger. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Sorry, you ruined my grand reveal. I did. Mm. <laughs> well, we we made an enemy for life. Unfortunately, that's okay. She has like, I wonder, is that person just like, I love revealing to people that we have a secret burger on the menu. Yeah, she quit the next day. That yep. was the last straw for that's her. That's very very sad to think about. But yeah, anyway, she was awesome. Hey, you know what? Uh, while she was there, we appreciated her service, and yeah. now she's on to greener pastures. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one other thing I wanted to say about elephant before we wrap up our review of elephant, which I think, uh, as you could probably guess, we are giving top marks to, and yes. think everyone should go, especially for the price point for a nice omakase meal. Mm-hmm. They played while we were sitting there having our drink, our theme song. Oh yeah, they did. Do you remember that? Yeah. Kriangbin came on. Yeah, that's and right. That was like, Evan finds the third room. Yes. That was very much a cherry on top of like, okay, this is absolutely like, yeah the wrap up to the year. This is like a not, this is the universe saying you belong here and you should keep doing this podcast. I I think I I completely agree. Yeah. I feel like it was a sign from the universe. I'm going to take it as divine inspiration Mm -hmm. and thank you to the universe for, for serenading us with a song that we both love. Yeah. That means a lot to us before we wrap up today's episode. And by the way, Happy New Year, folks. Yes. Look forward to more great, great, fun restaurant and bar talk from us this year. We've got a lot on the plate that we're already excited to get to. Do you want to talk a little bit about Mum's the Word? Yeah. Okay. So So this is your idea. It was my idea. So Mum's the Word is a, I can't remember the fused word they used. Um, but anyway, it's a coffee shop during the day and it's a, it's a bar at night. Beautiful. Um, it's a little corner spot. It used to be Renzo's, uh, commercial drive. Um, it's sort of like kitty corner to Havana mm-hmm. just to set the, sto- the, the stage there. Um, and I was pretty excited about it when I first saw it. Cause there are many things on commercial and I'm very spoiled for choice uh, when it comes to cuisine, but it's, it's pretty pub and, and bar heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is bar course, bar corso, which I think we should go to. It's on a lot of lists. Definitely. But, um, every time I go, it's either full or they're closed and I'm just trying to open a locked door and making uncomfortable eye contact with someone polishing glasses behind the bar. <laughs> going full Rick Moranis yeah, and Ghostbusters ex- pounding on the glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I think you should leave, uh, oh, and yeah. just pushing a pull door. Um, 
anyway, it's a uh, very cozy, very cozy. Actually, mm-hmm. it's like. Think of um, uh, one of uh, Vancouver's lost legends, the Rumpus Room, right? But elevate it and make it like a cocktail bar. It's yes. like a hip, like a elevated hipster spot. I Definitely. Would say. I mean, the the decor inside is all very like hipster. There's some like kind of like tattoo skulls and things like that on some stuff. But it's but also kind of homey. They very. have like a coffee lounge in the front when you first walk in, but in the back there's like a credenza and records. Set yeah. There's up a big vanity. It's, yeah. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, we sat at the bar, which we obviously love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need to shout out our server bartender. That place so cool. was packed. And this is not just like you're getting, you know, uh, mix and booze off the gun. Like these are mixed. Like you, we, we had the Christmas Manhattan, I believe. Uh, yeah. Basically no, it, was it was like the, a, it was like a espresso something. Yeah. Blah. Yes. You're so right. Um, anyway, it and was then, basically like an espresso martini, except a Manhattan. Instead. Yes, exactly. Um, and then we had, but then we followed it up with like classic Manhattan and classic Negroni. Mm. And these weren't things that she even were, that were batched. Like she was hustling Yeah, and the place was packed. Like I would say there was 25, 30 people in there. Yeah, definitely. And like, we never had to wait long. We were very like, she just, killed it yeah she took care of us right away everything was great service was great and the cocktails were excellent yeah and she's so cool i've seen her with her very cool partner and dog walking up around oh really drive like i've actually like accidentally run into her a few times Mm. uh going to yoga and i was like oh sorry and she like didn't even know i existed (laughs) oh do you think she recognized you no absolutely not um you're very memorable Thank you. I just needed to say that. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, but if I don't have Kimmy, I, I'm not memorable. Um, but uh, anyway, so shout outs to her. But we, it's a local spot. There's not many cocktail places, like I said. Yeah. I think it's a really good addition. Um, and I love that it's there because it's also kind of central to where all the good restaurants are. So it's a really good spot to go for a drink or two before you're going to go to like an 8 p.m. reservation, which is almost exactly what we did. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect for that. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Uh, thoughts on their take on the Manhattan? Uh, the the coffee Manhattan? No, I, I was going to say like, how do you, as we've said before, like you judge a, a bar. By oh, by like how they're, by they're classics? Like, yeah. I think their Manhattan was rock solid and I really, really liked that they didn't serve it in a tumbler glass. Give me a little chill they didn't even, Yeah, but it was the, it was a unique coupe. It wasn't yeah. like a classic wide coupe. It was a very narrow vertical coupe. Yeah. Which I've had Manhattans in before, but it's been a long time. So it's I like really a, appreciate the like glassware. flute. Yeah, exactly. I uh, really appreciated that glassware. So that was really, really nice. What did you think of their Negroni? It was great. What did you think about the espresso Manhattan? Uh, it was great. It was like if I liked espresso martinis. I was going to say uh, <laughs> it tasted, maybe it was just the war, the espresso flavor overpowering the booze completely, but it just kind of tasted like an espresso martini to me. It like did. exactly the same. Yeah. But not in a bad way. It's no. still good. It's just and, I know there's different ingredients in there. And I think that was exactly what we needed to start the <laughs> The long night that we had ahead of us. Yeah, a long night of celebrating ourselves. Yes, exactly. It's Hollywood's biggest night. Because I feel like um, those are like the nightcap, the one that I made you. Yes. Uh, and the, th- the throwdown episode. Um, like normally that's like what how you cap off the night. But I thought it was like a really strong start because I needed that caffeine <laughs> to get me through. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're looking for a cozy spot, I'm sure it's just as good to go and grab a coffee or something else. They had mm. some amazing looking cookies up at the front. They definitely did. I, I think they actually had a food menu too. They did. They had all sandwiches and right. they all come on croissants. Oh, nice. Mm. I wonder, um, what, I guess they're probably just part of the kitchen for when it's a coffee shop during the day. Probs. Fun. Well, we'll definitely be going back. 
Uh, and I'll be going back in my personal non-podcasting, just normal everyday life. Yeah, it's a great being, spot. Just being a normie. Just being a normie. The one thing I'll say uh, about being a normie and feeling like a normie is I did not feel cool in there. Everyone oh, no. there was very cool. No, absolutely. I felt like abs, like the biggest loser in there. I completely agree. <laughs> uh, the fashion in there was intimidatingly cool in a way that I could not compete with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not fishing for compliments here, folks. We're just talking about us as, uh, as normies, as normies, as I would say, medium stylish normies. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, mid normies recovering blandos. Oh, we are kind of mid, aren't we? But this podcast isn't. And that's why everyone should listen. (laughs) (sighs) Lost my train of thought there. Anyway, it's going to be a big 2023 for the show, folks. It is. Thank you so much for listening. Any final thoughts on elephant? I guess not. I just drew a big long blank there. Nice. Well, an elephant may never forget, but Jill certainly does. I sure did. I will say, as I said, when we were wrapping it up, even if you think that like you're not the kind of person who is down for like experimental cuisine or like kind of aggressive or different ingredients, you owe it to yourself to give it a shot, especially at the price point. Yes. If you if you were the kind of person who would spend $70 on food at any other kind of nice which you even can, you can't even avoid doing that at the grocery store right completely, now. Completely, completely. So I think you owe it to yourself, people, as someone who, if you want a fun experience, go to Elephant. Yes. You will have a great meal and a good experience, period. All that to say, thanks very much for listening, folks. As I said at the top of the show, we are on social media at Battle Royale with Cheese on Instagram. We are on Twitter, although we don't use it as much. It's Battle underscore Cheese. Slide into our DMs on Instagram, though. Let us know what restaurants you want us to cover in 2023. Have you been to Elephant? Have you been to Mom's the Word? Do you have any other food thoughts? What is Simba's mom's name? Yes. (laughs) Kohlrabi. (laughs) Kohlrabi. Okay, uh, next week, we're going to be bringing you a look at one of another commercial drive institution, Mm -hmm. the borough, Mm -hmm. formerly Banditas. Mm -hmm. So look forward to that as we celebrate a local vegetarian taco legend. Mm -hmm. But for now, we'll bid you a fond farewell and say, this is why is this NPR ending that I've worked my way into? (laughs) I don't know, Ira. For for now, we're going to send you a fond farewell and (laughs) wish you a great week. Jill? Any other thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Still no. That's great. Yeah. I feel like we both contribute to this podcast. Me too. But not on the outro. Mm-mm. Never. I'm just kidding. You've had many good outros, and I appreciate what you bring to the show. This isn't one of them. I'll uh, chamber something for next time. Well, I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> All right. This has been All Foods Considered. <laughs>